are you living your brand? If you put yourself out there as, you know, always there dental care and you close at 2 p.m. every day, you're not going to fulfill the promise that you made. So being in a place where you're being honest about who you really are, what your skills really are, what you truly value as a foundation. And then after that, it's easy. This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Growth in Dentistry. I'm Katie Polson, and with me again, I have Adam Smith, VP of Marketing at Dental Intel, and we are continuing our conversation on marketing your practice, and we are so, so lucky to have Grace, CEO of Identity Dental Marketing with us, a creator and owner, I guess. I don't know if you call yourself a CEO, but I'm giving you that title. Um, <laughs> Grace, um, she, we, we, Adam and I were talking about branding, who we want, who we wanted to have on. And Adam said, let's have, let's have Grace on. Um, she's phenomenal about, phenomenal about on branding. So we're really glad to have you on. Give us a little intro on, on yourself and how you landed in dental marketing, which is a w- very weird space. <laughs> well, thank you for having me first and foremost. I, I appreciate the opportunity to educate, you know, at any, any time, anywhere. So thank you. Um, My background is in advertising and psychology. My education is in advertising and psychology. And then um, I came out of school in 2007. And I don't know for anyone who's um, (laughs) in business at that time or old enough to remember, it was a really hard time to get in with an ad agency or really anywhere because we were facing this huge economic collapse at that time. So I really just did whatever I could do. I did some freelance work and I accepted a position as a marketing director in a dental practice. And so I really came from just taking any opportunity I could get. And um, in that first job, I really just fell in love with it and saw a huge need for really more intentional branding in the dental space. And so I've really committed my entire, I'll say adulthood, because I don't think I was really an adult in college, but I'll say post post collegiate yeah. <laughs> years, I've, I've dedicated my professional adulthood to dental marketing and educating um, dental practice owners on on best practices to get the most out of their marketing. Yeah, that's really a really great story. I didn't know that know that about you. That's how you kind of like landed in into this odd profession that that we call dentistry. Uh, I a lot of times. I, oftentimes, actually, the people that I learn the most from are the people that have your story like you. They were like, I just fell into it. And, you know, and you have so much more to offer because you don't have this background. So I'm so glad to have you on. So let's talk about branding. So why is having a brand, I guess, important to a dental practice? Because a lot of times they just their brand. I'm a dentist. That is my brand, right? Like that, that, why can't my brand just be I'm a dentist? in, uh, in, in Idaho. Right. So why is having brand a brand important and what is, what does it mean to have a brand? Yeah. So the fun thing about having a brand is everyone has a brand, whether they've thoughtfully crafted their brand or they've just gotten, you know, labeled by their two bad reviews on Google, everyone has a brand. And, and the quickest way to kind of remember your brand is to just make it synonymous with your reputation. It's how people think of you. 
when they come across your logo, your website, or someone is out in the community talking about you, what do they say? And what's the first thing that they say? And when you think about it in those terms, it's a lot easier to ask yourself, does this particular opportunity um, add to the brand or the reputation I'm desiring to build, or does it take away from my desired brand? So, so the first point I would make is that everyone has a brand. And sometimes, Katie, you're right. Sometimes it's just, I'm a dentist, that's it. Um, but the second part of that is that you also have the opportunity to craft that brand and to take your core values and the things that matter to you, the reasons that you're in practice, the reasons that you do what you do, and make those things more known to the community so that your reputation matches the intention of what you're looking to build. Great. Yeah. That's really great. I'm making some notes as you're talking here. Um, just mainly, I love that you said, what is the first thing that they say about you? I love that. That's a really great, great insight. So what are, do um, and you feel free to chime in here anytime, yeah, Adam. I, well, I, on, <laughs> just, on, the heels, on the heels of that, you know, my, <laughs> my technical expertise that kind of got me into marketing was search engine optimization. So I've seen dentists come in that just say, I just need more new patients. They don't look at the brand. They just say, just rank me better on Google, right? And that can happen and it can bring some new patients. But I like the question that you asked, how does this fit my brand? Um, and building that overall brand really does craft your reputation within the community, which for a dentist is, is huge. And I've seen dentists that give no thought to that. They just say, just get me more new patients, you know? And that's, and that's okay too. Sometimes, I mean, I, I like to meet people where they're at and sometimes we go right into SEO or Google ads or something of that nature to, to stop the bleeding. And then when they're in a more comfortable place with a healthy business and they're, and they've got healthy metrics, um, that's when we can go back and reconsider, okay, what is your ideal patient value and what are they looking for that you authentically provide, just naturally provide because it's who you are. And that's when you kind of take that marketing and you just bring it to the next level. Yeah, so. that's, a, that's a great thought. Yeah. And what's kind of one, one step further on that, what's typically the timing of that? Whenever it they can do so, it financially? Well, and it's really not, um, I always joke that like, I don't do the branding piece for the money because dentists have no idea what goes into it. Um, the training or the expertise behind it. So you'll never get paid for the professionalism of the brand and dentistry. I do it truly because I'm passionate about it. And because I prefer to, I see the impact that my, you know, 13 years in dental marketing is starting to have. I'm starting to see people coming and saying, okay, I don't want the tooth logo. Okay. I'm, I'm open to what you have to say about branding and um, whereas when I started, it was like, well, just give me a logo, you know? So it's, it's becoming more fun as the, the educational piece increases for dentists. That's great. Awesome. Well, let's go over it. That kind of drives to the next question that I had, which was what are some of the common mistakes that dentists are making or practices are making when, you, when they create a brand? And I'm gonna say tooth logo, but you, you do you. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it depends. I've seen some more. It's funny. I've seen the the tooth in every kind of possible logo. You could see, you know, the tree tooth and the flower tooth. And the, it's not really a tooth. It's more of an artistic tooth. Mm-hmm. And so I still think there's this feeling that we have to be so literal with our marketing. And, and really, that's not the way to go. Like, I see your computer screen right now. It's got the Apple icon on it. Apple didn't choose a computer for their icon, you know. Um, you don't have to be so literal with your brand. So I would say that's the first thing is trying to fit everything into your logo. Um, like we see, you know, people of all ages. So we want people of all ages in our logo. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So um, simplistic logos are great. Looking at design trends when you're considering your logo is important especially because in people's minds, dentistry fits into two categories, either old school or new school. And we definitely want to be considered modern in dentistry because people relate kind of old school dentistry to to painful or a a bad experience. So um, really just, again, thinking about the psychology behind a brand, thinking, you know, thoughtfully and intentionally about the colors and what emotion they're tied to. So red is not the ideal color for a dental brand. Um, But even beyond that, even beyond the logo, it's, are you living your brand? If you put yourself out there as, you know, always there dental care and you close at 2 p.m. every day, you're not going to fulfill the promise that you made. So being in a place where you're being honest about who you really are, what your skills really are, what you truly value as a foundation. And then after that, it's easy. So, yeah, well, I, I, I way back in graduate school, I remember learning and I want to know what your opinion is on this. Uh, Like, cause, cause you pointed out the Apple logo. Um, A lot of times I've, I see offices choose, um, something without words in their logo and it's like you're not apple i guess is what i'm saying like that we're not gonna be able to identify you just by your wordless logo like do you do you recommend having like the name of the practice in the logo what are what are your thoughts on that oh such a great question so if someone came to me and said i just want to have an icon i want no words in my logo and Shockingly, I've been doing this 13 years. No one said that to me, but I could definitely see it happening. Um, I would say your focus needs to be on brand recognition and market saturation versus direct conversion type marketing. So Google ads, direct conversion type marketing, I'm going to run an ad, what's it going to cost to bring in a new patient? Whereas um, you can run video ads on social media and really go after market saturation and being recognized in your community. So considering what's your goal, if you reach a point where everyone in the community knows who you are, uh, sure, pull that, pull that symbol off your logo and put it on some swag and hand it out. And like, that's cool. Um, But it's rare to come across a dentist with that big picture branding mind, just because that education isn't there. Yeah. Great. Perfect. I, I just, I, I, I spend a lot of time looking at dental logos and I'm like, oh man, nobody knows you yet. You gotta have, you gotta have your name and your logo. So I wondered coming from the brand expert, what you thought about that. Great. I agree. 
Um, what are, we're big data people, obviously we're done on the tell. So if you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you like data too. So what are some of the key metrics that you track or look at to know if the branding choices they've made are working? So I look at each campaign from a goal standpoint and see what is it that you're looking to accomplish with this. So if someone is running, let's say an SEO strategy, it's what are your rankings? It's what are, uh, what is your keyword focus? And then metric wise, it's what is your web traffic look like? How long are people staying on your site? How many people are converting or calling or filling out forms? Um, so we do, you know, look at all of that data. If it's a direct to conversion campaign, like I was talking with like a Google ads campaign, it's what's your new patient acquisition cost. It's how many conversions are you getting? How many clicks are you getting? Comparatively speaking, right? Because if we don't have anything to compare it to, data is meaningless. So being able to give clients an idea of this is really great for this type of campaign, or we might need to expand the reach, you know, or, or kind of troubleshoot that. So a, a lot of times we're looking at um, web traffic to put it, put it really simply. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. At, at companies that I've been at before, some of the ways that we uh, measured the brand impact was direct brand name searches. You know, how many people are actually looking for your brand? Because that's, that's uh, very indicative of your market penetration, how much people are recognizing your name, right? So. I love that. Um, yeah, that's an amazing addition to that. Um, and if you're looking at brand recognition too, sometimes I'll ask people, you know, does everyone in your community know you're an option? And they literally laugh at that. They're like, no, I mean, if they all knew we were here, we would have so many patients. And so it's kind of, I, I call it like immature marketing mindset versus a more mature marketing mindset, whereas the immature mindset is what does it cost to get a patient? The more mature mindset is um, how do I become the go-to in my community where everyone knows about me. And um, I have a lot more fun with the more mature minded marketers. So that's fun. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about now, like patients and obtaining them and get it and retaining them. So when it comes to branding, how is the, what's the best, I guess, how can you leverage your brand to obtain new patients? Yeah. So I would say, again, just making sure you're living that promise that you made in your brand, Mm -hmm. making sure that everyone on your team is living it and that you really commit to the brand that you build. So I was just having a conversation with someone the other day and asked her, you know, why will patients choose you? And she said, I'm really gentle. I'm just very, very gentle in my care. And I was like, okay, Gentle dentistry. I've never heard that before. Let's run with it. But I'm like, you know what? That's okay. If that's what you love and that's what you really value, then are you going to have like branded blankets that you can give to the patient that they can take home with them? What's the temperature of your building going to be? What's it going to smell like when I walk in? What kind of music are you going to have on? It can't just be your technique in anesthesia is gentle. How are we going to live that brand and commit to that brand? And I think she was like, oh, no, I just want a logo. You know, I I took it, I think, way too far. But that's really 
you know, to me, commitment to your brand is, is the most foremost thing you could do. Um, and then from there, of course, getting that word of mouth, getting reviews, getting that, uh, getting the word out. Um, but you're shaping what the word is by your consistency and by your commitment. Yeah. Uh, I, I love, I love that example that you gave of, of gentle dentistry. Cause if you're going to say you're gentle dentistry, then you have to, I can just, you're going to have to say, you're going to have to really commit to that with every patient. That's a big ask. Um, and, and sometimes that what, what, yeah. I was going to say your hygienist too has to commit to that. Yeah, and if exactly. And an associate. Mm-hmm. and he's totally different than you, then you have to consider rebranding at that mm-hmm. point because you can no longer honor the commitment you made in your branding. Or, so. or even the assistance, right? Like, oh, like yeah. taking an x-ray has to be gentle. Like that's a big ask. Yeah. So I love that example of, of choosing the things that, choosing the brand that you want has to be all from top to bottom. That, that's what it has to be. But I, I want to yeah. piggyback on that question. Um, I don't see this commitment to brand very often with people that I interact with. What what would you say percentage-wise, this is obviously not statistics, but um, just a gut feeling from you of of dental practices have this dialed into a point that everything within their office commits to their brand? One to 3%. Wow. That's what that that would be my kind of benchmark as well is the, the ones that do, they know exactly what they need to, where they need to be advertising, what they need to be putting on the pages that people are seeing, what kind of imagery they need to be using, what kind of experience needs to be happening from start to finish. But a lot of times they don't want to take that step back to see what that, that brand is and, and then craft the entire practice experience from that. Yeah. It's, it, it can be daunting, but it's actually pretty simple. It's just gaining clarity. It's just kind of narrowing it down and gaining clarity. And then everything doesn't have to change overnight. You can, once you have that clarity and your team knows that unique selling proposition, that one thing that you want to be known for, then decision-making becomes easier. And then you can kind of gradually bring in that uh, consistency. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about when you do this, it creates a community, right. Of people of like-minded people that want to be served because this is what is important to them. So I think we've already kind of touched on it, but if there's anything else that you can add to kind of a patient retention standpoint, like what does that, what, do, what does having a brand do to patient retention? I think there is so much connection between living your brand and uh, internal and external marketing that they really can't be separated. I don't see them as as totally separate entities. Um, So I think it comes naturally when you know who you are and what you stand for, that you attract people with those same values and your attention skyrockets because you're no longer trying to be everything to everyone. And when you try to be everything to everyone, it's exhausting. It's not fun. And you spend a lot of time drafting carefully, careful responses to bad reviews on Google instead of just letting people, uh, you know, 
be your marketing. Your patients become your marketing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I couldn't. And then, and then it's easy, right? Then it, then it becomes like you do. It sounds really daunting and it sounds like a lot of effort at the beginning, but it's, it's almost like having a really good workout plan or something. If you, if you do it right and you get into the habit and you change over time, you don't, your body doesn't change automatically, but if you do it over time, um, everything, your just perspective change, your lifestyle will change. Everything kind of changes to fit this one thing that you like right now, right now, right now I'm trying to tell myself I'm a healthy person I tell myself <laughs> that every day. I said, I'm going to be, I'm a healthy person and that's who I am. Right. I don't make decisions every day to be healthy, but if I keep telling myself, hopefully I'll become a healthy person. But when you, when I look down the road, right, like it, that's, that's who I want to become. And those are the decisions I want to make. And I feel that's definitely the same thing with, with choosing a brand. It's not going to happen happen overnight. Yeah. It's um, my, my business name is identity dental marketing. And it's that exact concept that you get to craft your identity. And I'll give just one quick example too. If you have a new person um, on the phones in your practice and they know your core values, they know what you stand for and why you do what you do. And a new patient calls and says, I'm really, I'm really nervous about this. What can you tell me about, you know, the doctor and the team that'll help me feel more comfortable? They already know what you stand for. And so those conversations get easier, even if they get questions that aren't necessarily scripted, they are more confident and comfortable representing your business because they, they know who you are and what you stand for. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, if you, if you don't know who Simon Sinek you, you, you is, you've been living underneath a rock probably, <laughs> but this, and I almost feel like this start with why thing is like, almost like a faux pas now because it's like, Oh, we're going to talk, are we going to start talk about my why again? You know, but it really, it really is so important. I could talk for a whole podcast about why I love and don't love Simon Sinek. Yes. Yes. I think it was an excellent concept. I'll just say something a bit um, controversial because that's my brand. Um, I think it could have been a PDF. I don't think it needed to be a whole book, but it's a great, it's a great concept. It's a really great concept. Yeah, I agree. I read it, but, but that being said, I feel like I get a lot of, and maybe it's just because we're in marketing. So I hear a lot about it, but I'm like, I get a lot of eye rolls about like my why, you know, and, and if that's the, if that's the turnoff to you and you don't want to talk about your why, great, but I like the idea of identity. Like what's the identity of your practice, right? Cause if you don't choose something and you try to serve everyone, then you're not serving anyone. Yeah. And, and you kind of go back to like marketing 101 too, because I feel like the, the start with why movement kind of, uh, made a lot of people forget the what's in it for you part. Mm -hmm. And so you see a lot of people talking about them and their dreams and their evolution and me, 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 me. Well, don't forget about your patient. Don't forget about what they value and make sure I like to start with them and then include my why. Yeah. So I like to lead with value, but that's right. my own, that's yeah. my own. Yeah. Because if you're in a community of people who are very emergent based and what you and your why, and what you want to do is cosmetic dentistry, I don't think your why is going to matter in that community, <laughs> you know? So yeah. yep. Now we're at the, the intersection of demand yeah. and uh, yeah. supply and yeah. 
I love this stuff. I could. I do too. I do too. I obviously <laughs> I could just chat about it forever. But well, um, this has been really great for me. We asked the same question. Unless you have anything before I ask the same last question. No. Okay. It's, I, I've really enjoyed thinking about clients that I've had in the past and how they should have done this ten years prior to to where they were, and how much time and effort and energy it would have saved them. Because, you know, as SEO, great, I'll get you patients in the door, we'll get you ranked, you'll get more people in, and they do, but then they're fighting, you mentioned this, fighting this battle of, you know, their, their name has cosmetic dentistry in it, but they accept Medicaid patients, and they're seeing a lot of emergency patients, and, you know, maybe their fee scale, fee schedule is a little bit higher because they want to do cosmetic dentistry, but now those people are getting mad on Google and Yelp. And they've got to go and combat these bad reviews. And it's just creating, not having that identity creates a lot of additional work. And so when you mentioned that, it just like that, I have a client that, uh, that I've worked with for a long time that needs to hear that, but is afraid to hear that because to, to him, busyness is money, but mm. the, uh, because he's never actually like taken the time to say, this is who I am. So I'm going to take a risk and not take these additional patients that don't fit into that. He's the busiest person that I know. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's a lot of really busy dentists yep. on doing things that do not fulfill them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, th- we say, ask the same question uh, of all of our guests and that is what does growth and dentistry mean to you? I I'm excited to hear your, hear your thoughts on it coming from a non-dental background into dental marketing? Yeah, well, my whole professional career has been dental, but yes, non-clinical. Yes, that's what I mean, yeah. Yes, Um, for me, it's the desire to continually be growing personally and professionally. So it's learning. It's that openness to to learning and development. Um, Stagnation is death for me. That's good. Me too. I feel that on a, on a real level. Well, I've learned a lot. I'm so glad you could come on and we could make it work with our schedules. So thank you so much. Uh, this has been growth in dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast. Again, special thanks to grace from identity dental marketing. How can they find you if they want to reach out and use your services? We've got a Facebook, sorry about that. Facebook group, uh, dentistry is growing with grace and uh, podcast as well, Dentistry is Growing with Grace, and our website is identitydental.com. Perfect. And we will have those in our show notes as well. And you can also find that information on our webpage, uh, growthindentistry.com or dentalintel.com. Thank you again, Adam, for joining me. And thank you to our marketing team, um, specifically Kat and Brittany for all their work on this podcast. I'm Katie Poulsen. Keep growing. <laughs>